anybody remember, anybody of my era remember a song called Torn Between Two Lovers? <laughs> Did anybody else absolutely hate that song? <laughs> it was, it was, I, 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 as I was working on this message, I'm, thinking, I'm dealing with essentially man's love for God and man's love for money. Right, those two. And, and I thought about that song, and I thought, was that song really as bad as I remember it? And I looked it up, and it is. It's torn between two lovers, feeling like a fool, loving both of you is breaking all the rules, and, and, and this gal is singing, and I didn't like it musically, and I hated the... Ma- I, thought, I remember thinking, how stupid to let yourself get in that situation. What kind of a fool allows that to happen? And somehow... People bought it because they kept playing it. <laughs> you know, I don't remember how long they played it. It came out in 76, and I, uh, they, they apparently re-released it in the 80s, and I'm going, why? It was, it was, I, I didn't know anybody who liked that song. But, but that's what we're looking at when we look at Revelation 18. Uh, Revelation 17 and 18 are two chapters that are kind of looking back at something that's being accomplished during the Revelation period. You know, there's a saying that said, God never wastes the pain. Uh, God is always bringing something good out of everything. And sometimes you go, how could it be worth this pain? We look at everything going on in the tribulation. But one of the, two of the things God is accomplishing through the tribulation, one of them we looked at last week, he is getting rid of false religions. And another thing he is doing is getting rid of this, this money-driven society that we have, this love of money that we have. Uh, it's something he's going to, this is the other Babylon that we find in chapter 18. Uh, and uh, he is accomplishing that. Uh, it's not, we're not so much looking at an event of the tribulation, as in at this point this happens, as this is something accomplished by the tribulation. And, and when it is done, uh, the, this uh, money love will be dealt with. However that's going to work, it's hard for me even to imagine, because it's like, this is what our society works on. This is how we, how we function. Uh, but but uh, it's what's happening. So after reading in chapter 17 about the harlot, which was false religions, uh, we move into chapter 18 and we find man's other idol, which is money. Okay, so, so let me read just uh, a little bit of this. Well, actually, let, let me... Uh, man, I'm just... I, I can't, I don't, I'd have to read the whole chapter, to, and I don't want to do that. <laughs> so let me talk first about some similarities between chapter 17 and 18. If you sit down, if you sat down and just casually started reading in chapter 17, and then went on into chapter 18, the first thing your mind is going to do is think it's talking about the same subject. There is a lot of the same language going on, a lot of the same phrases, and a lot of the same... Uh, feel going on, but as you read farther into 18, something starts feeling different, and and you're going to find yourself going, I'm not sure what changed here, but something different is going on, and and what's going on is he's actually changed subject while dealing with the same issue. Let me start by showing some similarities between chapter 17 and 18. Uh, Both statements are aimed at a city called Babylon, okay? Chapter 17, verse 5 uh, says this, And on her forehead was written a name of mystery, Babylon the Great, mother of prostitutes and of earth's abominations. Chapter 18, verse 2 says, And he called out with a mighty voice, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the Great. She has become a dwelling place for demons, a haunt for every unclean spirit, a haunt for every unclean bird, a haunt for every unclean and detestable beast. So they're both addressed to this, this city called Babylon. In both of them, the sins of Babylon are compared to sexual immorality. 
Chapter 17, verse 2, with whom the kings of the earth have committed sexual immorality, and with the wine of whose sexual immorality the dwellers on the earth have become drunk. Chapter 18, uh, verse uh, 3. For all the nations have drunk the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality, and the kings of the earth have committed immorality with her, and the merchants of the earth have grown rich from the power of her luxurious living. And so we see these similarities. Both of them have this, the feminine pronouns, she, her, those kinds of things. Both of them share a guilt for the blood of the saints. Uh, 17 verse 6 says, And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints, the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I marveled greatly. 18 verse 24 says, uh, And in her was found the blood of the prophets and of the saints and of all who have been slain on earth. And so we find this, this continuing similarity between these two chapters. It's easy to see why just reading this, you're going to the first thing your mind is going to do is say it's talking about the same thing. For some reason, it's just being a little bit repetitive in what it does. But, you know, this is Revelation. It's difficult to follow. It does that sometimes. And the, the similarities are that strong. But as you read this, you start to notice the differences. So let me show you the differences between the two chapters. We won't so much look them up as let me give you some numbers. In chapter 17, the word prostitute is found four times. In chapter 18, it's not found once. In chapter 17, the word woman is found six times. In chapter 18, it's not found even once. In chapter 7, or in chapter 18, we find the word merchant found four times. In chapter 17, we don't find it once. And so we start to recognize those differences that we were feeling. Because like, you know, if you're casually reading, it's really hard to, to, to pick up exactly on what's going on. But you get a sense something's wrong. So then when you do a little bit more than casual reading, these things jump out at you. And you recognize the subject has changed, but God is describing them in the same way. Which makes an awful lot of sense when we start thinking that money is an idol. In chapter 17, he was dealing with false religions, idols that people place and follow before God. In chapter 18, we have money, an idol that people follow and place before God, and God calls both of them Babylon. And both of them are, are something that is, it, man has placed before God, and we say, oh, this does make sense. <laughs> This is what's going on, and now, you know, it, it, hopefully this is one of those things that if you've been reading Revelation, even if you've never seen it before or heard it before, you know, there's a lot of times you hear something and it just clicks. Hopefully that's what happens if this hasn't before, and you recognize what is going on here. This is man's other great idol. This is the thing that we place before God. And so he gives us here a, a summary statement in 18 verse 3 uh, of the evils of the love of money. For all the nations have drunk the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality, and the kings of the earth have committed immorality with her, and the merchants of the earth have grown rich from the power of her, her luxurious living. If idolatry is adultery against God, and that's the picture that he gives consistently, then making, if money is more important in your life, making money is more important in your life than serving God, then you are guilty of idolatry, and in God's view, that is the same as immorality, sexual immorality. And he says, the kings of the earth have committed immorality with her. Well, how does that work? It's not hard to see. When the main goal of decision-making of a nation is what is financially best for my nation, then the nation is guilty of making finances more important than right and wrong. Uh, and, and so we, we look at this, well, how's that? Well, among other things, there's corruption and bribery. 
And what's really interesting is if I, as I say corruption and bribery, you might be thinking of corruption and bribery in the United States, which is relatively innocent of that charge. But if you go around the world, it is everywhere. And it is how business is done. The United States is considered highly moral in the area of financial integrity. Most parts of the world, bribery is a normal part of doing business. It is how you get things done. You take along a little extra money in your pocket, or maybe a lot of extra money in your pocket, and you pull it out and you hand it to the right person at the right time, and you either get to do what you want to do or don't have to do what you don't want to do. And, and, and this is how it works. And that what is that? The king's of the earth have committed immorality with her. They are doing money is the highest goal. It is the basis on which they decide. And then there is decision making where money is simply seen as the highest good. Okay. How did casinos get legalized in Washington State? Because, oh, well, it's going to put money in our school system. How did the lottery get legalized in Washington State? Oh, it's going to put money in our school system. Let me tell you how it works. The money doesn't go into the school section of the income of our state. It goes into the pot. <laughs> pot. <laughs> how did it get legalized in the, United, or in, in, in the state of Washington? It's all about money. And what we find is our morality is financially based. That is how our government works. It's so wonderful to see this happening, is it not? Once upon a time, our government, our government, our local government, our country, our national government said, no, right and wrong are more important, and we don't care if we might make money on this. That making of money is based on something immoral. It is wrong. But now we say, if it makes us money, then what do you know? It's moral. And the same thing that was wrong yesterday based on a decision made today, a law passed today, is moral today because of money. The kings of the earth have committed adultery with her. Yeah. Yeah. That is how the world works today. It, it's certainly not about what God says is good and right. What happens when a government in the United States or anywhere tries to take a stand based on morality? in our modern world. 2016, Georgia tried to pass a law called the uh, Religious Freedom Law. Basically, what that law would do would protect someone like a Christian baker who chose not to make a cake for a homosexual couple based on his religious beliefs. The, 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 the law was entered into the... Into the uh, House in, in Georgia, the law was passed by the House in Georgia. Guess what? The homosexual agenda threatened boycotts. Hollywood threatened boycotts. The NFL threatened boycotts, and the governor vetoed the bill. And the bill was reintroduced in 2017, and the bill was reintroduced in 2018, and it has been reintroduced in 2019, and so far the bill hasn't happened because of fear of losing money. This is what happens in the United States today. This is what goes on. Similar things are being made in our, there are various states that have been made, passing strong pro-life laws. And they are receiving threats from Hollywood. They're being called immoral. They're being called the bad ones. And they're receiving threats of financial boycotts. And, and sometimes, hopefully, you know, it's, it's like, don't you wish you had a government with a backbone? Don't you wish you had a government that could say, this is right and, and, and this is wrong and we're not going to cross that, instead of a government that says, this is profitable and this is not profitable? 
and we have to protect our money base? Forget the money base. Do what's right. Lose some money. You know, and, and when I say that about the government, by the way, recognize I'm not preaching to the government. Who am I preaching to? Christian believers sitting in this sanctuary right now. We need to watch ourselves. Because if we're not careful, we will do what they do. And when push comes to shove, guess what? You don't know what you believe until push comes to shove. You don't know what you believe when it's easy. You don't find out what you believe until it's hard. And when it's hard and you still choose right and wrong over money, then you have stood up for God. And, and, and you notice I, the name God wasn't even in that argument, but it's based on a belief in God and a faith in God. And, and, and so on the one hand, there is what is good and right morally. On the other, there is what is profitable. And what is profitable keeps on winning. The kings of the earth have committed adultery with her. Sexual immorality is the way God puts it in this version of the Bible. Right? Uh, it's, it's wrong. And he says, And the merchants of the earth have grown rich from the power of her luxurious living. And I want to say, I, I, I will... There's nothing wrong with getting rich. I will defend capitalism. I think capitalism is the way God intended for it to work. Uh, it, it's in our DNA. It's, it, you find it from the very beginning. People traded. You give me what, what I need, I give you what you need. We both walk away happy. I walk into to, uh, Safeway or Food City, and I've got, I, I went in there and I bought uh, those little gumdrops with the spice flavor in them. I have a candy jar. I had not remembered how good those things were. <laughs> but I wanted to fill up my jar, so I bought two bags of them. I, I almost never go shopping, just so you know. So I bought two bags of them, and I, I went in with my money. I was happy to give them my money to get their gumdrops. <laughs> they were happy to give me the gumdrops to get my money. We were both happy. What a wonderful way to do business. What, isn't that ideally how, you know, I'll think of, I, I keep thinking about roofing because I'm a, I'm a used to be roofer. <laughs> I plan on getting up on this roof when we get there. I don't know how much good I'll do, but uh, I, I think of roofing. You need a new roof. You go out and look for bids for your roof. You get five bids for your roof. You say, I like this bid. You hire me. <laughs> Fool that you are. Okay. I go up and I put your roof on. You pay me. I'm happy. You're happy. We're all happy, and we're making money, and it's, and it's a good deal. That's the way it's supposed to be. It's a good system until it gets corrupted, until greed starts running the system. And instead of coming out with a fair price, and it's, and it's uh, a matter of uh, you know, me buying gub drops at a fair price, to, to me coming in and you saying, oh, there's a shortage of bread. Oh, look at this. This loaf will cost you $10. And I'm going, what? Because <laughs> I know not only did you not pay $10, it's not going to cost you $10 to replace it. And you go, that's you're really tough. You know, and they, they call that price gouging, right? Growing rich in itself is not wrong. Growing rich by making ungodly decisions is. Uh, if, 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 let's see. Uh, verses 11 through 13, we have this description of what the merchants do. And the merchants of the earth weep and mourn for her. Her, her, this, this thing personified as the city of Babylon is this money-making system, okay? It's, it's easy to get distracted and think that this is a city. And by the way, if you do, you can say it's the Vatican, you can say it's New York, you can say it's Mumbai. You, the problem is there's too many potential 
individual cities, and, and none of them is going to completely devastate all the merchants of the world. Uh, I thought maybe, for a while, I thought maybe it was the, the, the United States, you know, and the mountain thrown into the sea wipes out the United States, and boy, that would dev devastate the economy of the whole world. But I don't think so. I think, I think this is, is pers a personification of the, the greed-based, money-based, money is the highest goal-based system of, of doing business, and, and that's how our business works. Anyway. Uh, verse 11, and the merchants of the earth weep and mourn for her, since no one buys their cargo anymore. Cargo of gold, silver jewels, pearls, fine linen, purple cloth, scarlet cloth, all kinds of scented wood, all kinds of ivory, all articles, kinds of articles of costly wood, bronze, iron, and marble, cinnamon, spice, incense, myrrh, frankincense. And at that point, everything that we're looking at is luxury items, by the way. Uh, then it gets down to the more practical things, wine, oil, fine flour, wheat, cattle, and sheep, Horses and chariots and slaves, that is, human souls. You go, what? Because everything else on that list I don't have a problem with. And so what is he saying there? He's saying money over everything. And what's happening is those who, if those who are rich are staying rich based on the abuse and, and, and uh, trotting on you know, the downtrodden, we use the word downtrodden, trodden on by someone, Right? I'm not talking about people who are, are out of luck because of their bad habits. I'm talking about people who don't have a chance to do, to do well. Uh, there, you know, there are places in the world, in America, you can pull yourself up by your bootstraps, so to speak. A lot of places in this world, you don't have that option. And, and, and so you have child labor, people working long hours for small wages, all those things, so that, so that you know, the people living in luxury can buy Nikes. Or, you know, whatever it is, sorry. <laughs> Picked on my daughter there. <laughs> she used to be a Nike fan. Now she's poor. Okay. <laughs> uh, but, uh, um, yeah. Slaves, human souls, are among their wear. You know, which may mean literally the selling of slaves. Think about, think about what they did when they shipped slaves to America. We've heard the stories of the in absolutely incredibly horrible conditions those people were shipped here in. How was that justified? Money. I mean, they, they found other ways to try to justify it, but ultimately they said, but I will, I will still make money. And you go, that's uh, horrible. That's, it's hard to imagine something that bad. But they did it, and the reason why was money. To make money. And if people die, that's okay, because I'm making money. And if people are enslaved, that's okay because I'm making money. And if people are suffering around the world, so long as I'm making my money, that's okay. And that's what is being condemned here. I don't think capitalism is being condemned here. I don't think normal business is being condemned here. But the thing that says money is the most important thing in my goal setting, money is the, the basis of right and wrong in my priorities, uh, at that point, we have totally missed it. And this idolatry of money is going to be destroyed. It's simply going to be destroyed. We see a repeated lament for the loss of this idol. There are four categories of people here in chapter 18. Uh, we have the kings of the earth, uh, we have the merchants of the earth, we have the merchants of the wares, and we have the shipmasters and sailors. All four different categories lament and wail about this city being destroyed. Right? Uh, the merchants are listed twice, right? It says uh, in verse 3, it says, The merchants of the earth have grown rich from her. Um, let's see. Uh, in chapter 18, or 15, the merchants of the wares 
who gained their wealth from her. Uh, sorry, verse 11, the merchants of the earth weep and mourn. In chapter, uh, verse 15, the merchants of these wares. And I think the difference between the two is the one is the manufacturers and the other is the wholesalers, retailers side of it. Uh, and, and because some are the merchants of the earth, the others are the merchants of the wares. And, and, and I don't know if that's right. I, I, I was looking and, you know, chant, the things, the, th the problem with looking in, in commentaries and things like that is the things you really want to know, they don't discuss. <laughs> and the things you don't care about, they go into great detail. And every now and then you get something that actually says what you want to hear. Uh, so I, I didn't get this supported from anywhere else, but it makes sense as I look at it. As I look at it, it makes sense. The first one is the manufacturers or the acquirers, because you don't manufacture slaves, but you uh, get them. And the second is the, the merchants, the, the retailers, the wholesalers. Uh, and, and so we have those four categories. We have the politicians, we have the manufacturers, we have the retail wholesale industry, and we have transportation. Everything there is to do with doing business in the modern world is described in these four categories of, of people. And we see each of them lamenting. In verses 9 to 10, the kings of the earth will wait, weep and wail. Right? The kings of the earth who committed sexual immorality and lived in luxury with her will weep and wail over her when they see the smoke of her burning. They will stand, off, stand far off in fear of her torment and say, Alas, alas, you great city, you mighty city Babylon, for in a single hour your judgment has come. They'll go, Oh no, what do we do? You're a politician and the Great Depression hits. Oh no. What will we do, right? Uh, Great Depression is mild compared to what is being described here. Uh, verses uh, 11, the merchants of the earth. Verse 11, and the merchants of the earth weep and mourn for her since no one buys their cargo anymore. Verse 15, the merchants of the wares. The merchants of these wares who gained earth from her will stand far off in fear of her torment, weeping and mourning aloud. Verses 17 and 18, we have the shipbuilders, shipmakers and sailors. Uh, all the shipmasters and seagoing sailors, all whose trade is on the sea, stood far off and cried out as they saw the smoke of her burning. What great city, or what city was like the great city? And they threw dust on their heads as they wept and mourned, crying out. We find all categories. And, and it's like, yeah, we would do that. I mean, wouldn't we do that if all of a sudden the entire economy was gone? This is, this is the only way we know how to live. This is how we function. This is the basis of everything we do. I'm not saying it's the most important thing of everything we do because, of course, we all have our priorities right. <laughs> but it's still how our world works. And all of a sudden, I don't have a job anymore. I can't go to work. I can't do this. I can't do that. Uh, what are we going to do? It's all going to be uh, destroyed. What's wrong with making money? And the answer is nothing's wrong with making money. What's wrong is making money your highest priority. What's wrong is making money your highest good in life. Because there's something else that's supposed to be that highest good in life, and that's God. You know, it's in marriage. You know, they say the, the good marriage has, has a husband and a wife who both love God better than each other, right? And you go, that's really hard. Well, okay, and unfortunately, God doesn't require us to prove that somehow. But, but that is where your marriage is going to be best, with a husband and wife who both love God more. But you get to love each other a whole lot, right? <laughs> he doesn't take away from that. Okay, money can still be big in your life, but you have, it has to be clear. It has to be evident that when push comes to shove, money loses and God wins. I'll, I'll give you a secret, and this isn't a, a sermon about tithing, but write the tithe check first. You know what? I don't know if you've ever been short on money at the end of the month, but I've never been real smart with money. 
and I tend to deal with this constant, it's, I, it's, it's, well, I ha I'll tell you, I write the tithe check first. I write it before the mortgage, right? I might write it before the car payments. I write it, I have some things that are drawn out with that EFT, you know, the automatic withdrawals, and those, you know, they're gonna go, I write them, but I still write them in after the tithe check. <laughs> Because for one thing, it's a symbolic statement. And for another thing, it's if the money gets tight, God still got his. And it's my way of saying whatever else happens, God is more important than my money. Right? Whatever else happens, and, I, and, I, and I just, I'm just recommending that to you. Uh, but you make up your own minds on that. Uh, when money becomes a deciding factor on moral issues and when profit becomes your priority, then you have missed it. And this is going to be destroyed. Once again, flipping through the verses. Uh, verse 8. Uh, For this reason her plagues will come in a single day, death and mourning and famine, and she will be burned up with fire. For mighty is the Lord God uh, who has judged her. Verse 10. Alas, alas, you great city, you mighty city Babylon, for in a single hour your judgment has come. Verse 14, the fruit for which your soul longed has gone from you. All your delicacies and splendors are lost to you, never to be found again. Verse 17, for in a single hour all this wealth has been laid waste. Verse 19, and they threw dust on their heads as they wept and mourned, crying out, alas, alas, for the great city where all who had ships at sea grew rich by her wealth. For in a single hour she has been laid to waste or laid waste it's all going to be destroyed whatever the system is going into the millennium it's you know once upon a time the world functioned without money okay they didn't have as much nice stuff they actually they didn't have busy schedules <laughs> they didn't punch a clock wow you know that so many some one of the one of the results of the Great Tribulation will be the removal of money as a driving force in people's lives. And I don't know what it will look like, and I don't know how it will work, but money as an idol will be removed. God is going to remove it. And the response of the righteous to this is hard. Verse 20, Rejoice over her, O heaven, and you saints <laughs> and apostles and prophets. For God has given judgment for you against her. But my money's gone. <laughs> but I had money, and it's not worth anything anymore. I have, thanks to Knut and Lynn Hernes, a Zairean million-dollar bill. It is awesome to look at. If you, if, you, if you ever come by and say, hey, I'd like to see what the, I'll pull it out. I'll show it to you. I think I've got it right next to my 100,000 peso note or something like that. But <laughs> it's, it's worthless. Oh, 16 cents, okay. <laughs> 20 years ago. When, when the country was called not Congo. <laughs> it's, it's, cool to look at. What happens when American money is, is like that? And he goes, Steve, I don't like this subject. I, I, I've, he says, rejoice, O heavens, saints, apostles, and prophets. God has judged for you against her. We live within this money-based system, but it must not be our priority. And sometimes our, our priorities will be contrary. 
to each other. You know, this is our number one priority. This is my number three priority. You know, God, family, job. That works. That sounds fair, right? Uh, sometimes they will be contrary to each other. Uh, we should find, uh, I'm sorry, not contrary just to each other, but, but contrary to other people in the world. We should find ourselves at odds with other people over financial issues. Because the world says, this is how you make money, this is how you get money, this is what you do because of money. And we should find ourselves saying, no, that's wrong. We should be at odds with the world over these things. We shouldn't, we shouldn't, our voting should not be money-based, right? I, unless there truly is no moral issue to it. Because, I mean, I'm sorry, money is a big issue in this world, and I will vote based on money, but if morality comes into it outside of money, money must come second, uh, it, it, or third, or fourth, or somewhere down the list. It loses, it doesn't win. Uh, we should find ourselves at least sometimes opposed to and opposed by those who are money-motivated. And the response of the saints to this destruction is rejoicing because now things can be made right. For instance, among other things, people won't be oppressed anymore because of money. People, the downtrodden, won't be trodden down because of money. Right? Nobody will be looked down on because of money. Oh, you make that much a year? I remember when I used to make that little. <laughs> you know, uh, that's probably a really bad example, but it works. There's an angel who shows up on the scene in verses 21 through 24. Then a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, So will Babylon, the great city, be thrown down with violence and will be found no more. And the sound of harpists and musicians, of flute players and trumpet players will be heard in you no more. And the craftsmen of any craft will be found in you no more. And the sound of the mill, mill will be heard in you no more. And the light of a lamp will shine in you no more. And the voice of the bridegroom and the bride will be heard in you no more. For your merchants were the great ones of the earth, and all the nations were deceived by your sorcery. And in her was found the blood of the prophets and of saints and all who have been slain on the earth. The angel describes the destruction of this system as just and right. He says the system will be destroyed, the, the Babylon will be destroyed, and, and that it deserves it because of what it has done. And in 18 verse 4, back, back to that opening section on this, he says, come out of her, my people. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people, lest you take part in her sins, lest you share in her plagues. You know, we live in a world that works on money. We work for money. We use money. But we do not serve money. I have a bunch of tools in my garage. Yesterday I was playing. I'm building a, a shoe rack. I am a high-quality builder, right? D huge projects. It's a shoe rack, okay? And I got to use my, my uh, table sander, and I got to use my drill press, and I got to use my band saw, and I got to use my miter saw. I got to use all my toys. They're tools. They're tools. Money is a tool. It's a tool, right? It's, it's not what we work for. It's what we get to work for us so that we can do things, you know, so that we can eat, <laughs> so that we can go places, so that we can help others. Right? We take our priorities and we make them right. We live within the system, but it's not our basis. Uh, in his high priestly prayer, Jesus prayed uh, these words, 17, chapter, John chapter 17, 
verses uh, 15 and 16. I'll just go there and read that for you. Uh, but you'll be familiar with this. Whether you know where it is or not, this will ring uh, true. You've heard it before. Verse 15, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you would keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Right? We are in the world, but we are not of the world. Right? We are here. We function here. We, we work here. But it is not our home. When Revelation 18.4 says, come out of her, he's not saying, don't use money or don't earn money. He's saying, come out of the system that is based on the love of money. Don't function like they function. Don't get caught in that trap. Matthew 6.24 is our scripture reading today. It says you cannot serve God and money unless you've got a King James Version, which says you cannot serve God and mammon. Okay? Mammon is a... The problem with mammon is it doesn't mean anything to us today, so they translate it as money. But the problem with money is it doesn't mean what mammon means. Right? Mammon is not money. Mammon is the god of money. Mammon is the god of materialism. Uh, I looked it up in my big fat Greek word book. It says, Mammon is wealth, the personification of riches. Mammon, the comprehensive word for all kinds of possessions, earnings, and gains, a designation of material value, the god of materialism. When money and the things money buys becomes our God, we are more like the world than we are like God's people. We do not resemble God's people. We are not worshiping God. We are worshiping money. You know, this is, uh, this is describing a future thing. When it talks about in a minute, in a moment, I think it's talking about the end of the tribulation. It's simply, at that point, all that's gone and done. I, so I think in that point, it, it is a literal moment in an hour, in a day. Uh, but it's still, it's a result of what's going on. The people who enter the millennium are entering a very different world than the one that we live in, in so many ways. And one of them is, is going to be this, this love of money. It's going to be the absence of these false religions. But, but if there's anything ever we covered in Revelation that has application for today, it's this one right here. Because uh, this is so describing what's going to happen then, but it's also describing what's right, what's correct right now. And the love of money is wrong. Okay? The, the first John, uh, somehow I skipped by that. I had this somewhere in my notes. I thought I did it. I don't see it there. It's first John uh, 6, somewhere it says, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Or love of love of money is a root of of yeah of all kinds of evil. It's not saying it, it's the result the, the a cause of all evil, but it's a cause of all kinds of evil. What evil has man not done for money? Right. We need to come out of that. We need to not be a part of that. Uh, this is so clear today. Uh, when in your life, when there are times in your life, and believe me, those times come to all of us that you have to choose between faithfully doing what is right for God and doing money. I have to tell you, I remember, remember someone I, I respect as one of the most godly, Bible-based people I ever knew saying these words, I know it's not right, but I have to because of the money. You never have to because of the money. You can lose the money. 
you can lose the money. You go, wait a minute, pastor. <laughs> you just lost money because you're fired. No. <laughs> I, I think I'm fairly safe, but that's not, uh, actually it's not relevant. If I was to get fired for making this statement, then I should be willing to get fired for making this statement. I'm saying this with relative confidence that I'm not going to get fired <laughs> for making this statement. But you know what I'm saying is, is we need to always choose God over money. And I'm going to repeat what I said a while ago. If this will only be relevant when it's hard. It only proves itself when it's hard. And it will cost you. It, I guarantee it will cost you money to prove that God is more important to you than money. But it will not cost you in the long run. And I'm not saying the money will be recouped. It may be. But that's not the only way God blesses us. And if you think it is, then, then you've missed the boat entirely. Let's close with a word of prayer. Father God, I thank you that you are real, that you are a rewarder of those who seek you, that you are better than money. Lord, I ask that you help each one of us when the challenges come and we face those trials that we will prove by our living and by our thinking and by our actions that we give you first priority in our lives. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name.